You're listening to Drinking on the Job, D-O-T-J. I'm your host, John Coyle. Drinking on the Job is a toast to the culture of food, wine, and all things fermented. We'll be talking with winemakers, musicians, artists, late-night bartenders, scoundrels, and more. It's time to grab a glass before its last call. From Les Miserables to Cole Porter, Spamalot and 30 Rock, Ben Davis can do it all. Next up on DOTJ Podcast, now listened to in 17 countries, starts now. Ben Davis made his career in television and in Broadway musicals and theater around the country in shows like Spamalot, Les Mis, South Pacific, too many credits on television and on the stage to even mm-hmm. mention here. Uh, I'm just so happy to have uh, Ben on the show. And then 2020 happened. And then 2020 <laughs> happened. And the next thing you're saying is like, sir, we have specials tonight. We have the swordfish with capers and butter. Not even that, because <laughs> like, nobody's looking for that that's, either that's right now. That's true. That's fucking you, totally. The thing is, you can't. That's. Uh, yeah, I try to think of like, okay, what else can I do? I'm like, well. Everybody's looking for something to do because yeah. yeah, it's yeah, it's a crazy time. Well, even the stuff that I've so I I was in Law and Order SVU last season right. and I filmed uh, I did three episodes and the last episode I did was not supposed to be the season finale but it ended up being oh, wow. the season finale because shit hit the fan. You do do a lot of television, right? I you know what it's just started picking up because I think mostly because. Uh, the evil white man is evil straight white man is a big thing right now yeah and um for some reason i play that really well <laughs> I, you know it's funny like i feel like that as well like we are like yeah. we are the, the on the number one hit list you know i mean by the way whatever happened to the our pussy hats come our time has yeah come. it is right i mean remember the like yeah. the pussy hats so all the hats they and the women marching down the street pas. it really was right? it was a fashion yeah. faux pas i i fully appreciate and support the the message behind it but it was a fashion faux pas I, it was never going to catch up no it wasn't going to catch up. i appreciate the movement but i will say there were days where like um, I felt like I was in an old western and hiding behind the curtain as like the, <laughs> as the outlaws were coming down the street looking for me or the, the sheriff was looking it's for me. Like, you know what? We it's, are like, yeah. I guess it's about our yeah. time. And but it's, uh, it's uh, you know. That's cool. I get it. Yeah. I get it. You know. I, I, don't, I don't feel too oppressed right now. Yeah, no, exactly. That. Yeah. I'm not going to go there either. Um, so, I just we, I always love to go back to the uh, the beginning of people's career. Mm. I know you were uh, in high school. You were um, a high jumper. Yeah, huh? I was an all-state high all-state, jumper. Right. Yeah. Um, and you know why I think that's interesting? And please fill me in on this. I find that people who are excel in athleticism, in particularly at a collegiate level, but mm. even even at high school level, um, the wiring is set for you to succeed because you're used to discipline, hard work, and just achieving a goal. What do you think about that? Um, I think those are great sentiments. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't necessarily <laughs> ascribe them to myself. Okay. Well, how did you become such a great high jumper? Just jeans? Uh, good jeans? Good, good jeans. My dad was a, a college athlete uh, track. And, um, and I, I so think you're the that, guy everybody hated. Yeah, basically. Okay. So right. a lot of good genes and, uh, no, I did work hard at it. Actually, that was those times. I mean, puking at practice every day and, right. and all that stuff. But I just also loved it. And when you find something you achieve, that's how I got into musicals. We can right. talk about that later. Yeah. But when you find something that you achieve at, and especially at that impressionable age where you just want to fit in and you want to be a part of something. Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. I, but I, I think, um, uh, you're, you're saying you're throwing up at your practice, so you're you're working really hard because yeah. let's face it, you're in a field where the employment 
rate is less than 1%, yeah. right? As an yeah. actor. Yeah. Um, by the way, you're the triple threat because you have television, stage, and you do opera because you were at BAM. Yeah, yeah. I did, um, I've, I've done a few operas. I did a film version of, of an opera, two film versions of mm-hmm. operas, actually. The Magic Flute, which is a mm-hmm. Mozart opera that... Right. This uh, guy named Kenneth Brenna, who's a, a... Oh, I've heard of him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He directed it. <laughs> right. And uh, it was an English translation by Stephen Fry, who's another genius uh, Brit. Mm-hmm. And then I just did a... Uh, it's the Actually, it's a micro-opera. It's Samuel Barber's A Hand of Bridge. Mm-hmm. And it's a nine-minute opera. And my friend... Oh, wow. Yeah, my friend David Miller, who's... Uh, we did La Boheme on Broadway together that Baz right. Luhrmann directed. Right. And then he went off and made millions of dollars in Il Divo, which is this pop opera boy band that Simon Cowell put together. Oh, wow. Uh, but his college treatise was was a hand of bridge and how he would film it. And he finally had all this money and he did it. And he did a kick-ass job huh. and won a lot of awards. And, and uh, yeah, so operas, it's a tricky thing, but hmm. I, I, the things that I've done, I've really, really enjoyed. Yeah, I, I love opera i feel it's like i'll make my comparison to wines which i had a, a burgundy uh sam ehrlich uh, was talked about uh, burgundy masterfully and i compared opera to burgundy that i think it's a classic and i, ju- I just don't want it to go away yeah. and how do you make it more fun and approachable yeah. uh which I, I really appreciate i think is at lincoln center they put the telestrator like yeah. in the bar that it's uh, non-obtrusive so you can only read the lyrics which I think is really brilliant but you have to make it accessible and I smiled when you said a nine minute opera right because they're just you know these always these like tragedies and you could you could put that in nine minutes yeah. right and I'll take it even further you're mm-hmm. you're you're uh, when you liken it to, to Burgundy because we also need to make opera affordable <laughs> <laughs> thank you oh yes you know that I mean? was the whole podcast about how do we make Burgundy, uh, so people can afford to buy it and the fun stuff that's happening there, yeah, right? That's yeah. and that's much the same uh, as as opera. I mean, the economics of opera are very difficult to make it sure. to make it uh, affordable to people, but especially in America where we don't have any government subsidization uh, subsidizing of right. the of the arts. Um, but you, we, we, we've got to figure out a way because there are a lot of kids out there who would really gravitate towards it, if not for a career, but at least right. an appreciation. But cost is just prohibitive. Well, we, anyone who's been to an opera, they see the stages. I mean, if you're in a castle, there's a real fire going yeah. on, or no. at least it looks exactly like a real fire. And it's insane. I, the, the sets are what's really and the, and the pay for these you know the sets yeah. the 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 performers yeah. the orchestra because it requires a full orchestra which is great how great it's, is to hear a full pit it's, though it's right that's what i miss on broadway yeah, yeah i mean broadway the economics of broadway have become such that and also the kind of music which is veered more towards a pop style so there are less strings and you right. know you can get like a band of, of mm-hmm. six people together and, right. and uh, but anytime you do hear a full orchestra on broadway or, or like a 25 piece orchestra which is huge mm-hmm. nowadays right the music just as an audience member and as a performer it just lifts you up and it carries you it's vibratory man it really it's vibratory and it, it hits you i i'm so fortunate now and i wanted this for my whole career and it's finally come in the past uh, 10 years or so, mm-hmm. uh, which is a lot of symphony work. Right. So I go and I'll sing with symphonies. And having 60, 70 pieces behind you oh my God, playing, right. is, it's, it's truly as close to heaven as I can get on earth. I saw you, um, and everybody should YouTube this, you were doing a, like a homage to Cole Porter, I think. Oh, uh, yeah. And your voice is just, talk about vibratory. So you're, you're a baritone. Yeah. And... 
I mean, there's something incredible like Johnny Cash mm. or Paul Robeson doing mm. Old Man River, right? Oh, my right? God, that man. Like, you're talking about vibration. Yeah. I mean, and vibration, as we know, is it like, you know, it heals you. Mm. I mean, all these, mm. like, Buddhas with the gongs and stuff. It's about vibration. Yeah. And I'll tell you, when I get a cold, I start to get a cold. I'm not a great singer. But I'll walk down the street late at night, particularly walking my dog, <laughs> and I'll just sing as loud as I can because I think the vibration actually breaks clears things up. up in my chest and yeah. clears my head up. Um, but um, so let's your voice. When did you first realize you had this voice? Uh, mm, it's still spotty, but um, <laughs> it, um, I think when I was in when I was in like middle school. I would well no that's not that's not true. When I was in fifth grade, I played the Candyman in um, our school musical, and that was my first time on stage, first time singing. Wow! Who can take a sunrise? Oh, Sprinkle it with you. So I sang yeah, that. And um, Sammy Davis Jr. did, yeah, it, did exactly, the cover of that, right? Exactly. <laughs> and so that was my first kind of thing. And then in middle school, I used to in high school and high school. Sad. I used to sing in the back of the bus to try to get girls. Amen, brother. It never worked. <laughs> I just I just annoyed the fuck out of them. They're like, dude, will you shut up? And I'm like, no, man, this is good. Earth angel. And it just never worked. That is so good. I'm surprised. Yeah, I'm surprised, well, man. You should see pictures of me in high school and middle school. Oh, you wouldn't be so. Is that what it is? Well, yeah, the ugly know. duckling scenario yeah. took you years to like no, grow I, into yourself? Because I'm, I'm not so blonde anymore, but I had um, white hair. Right. I was like a toehead. <laughs> right. And I also for a long time thought I was black so I had like a flat top and I had like lines cut in my eyebrows dude you were vanilla ice I, that, that was what they called me because it was during that time it was the early 90s that was so good so, um, so good. oh yeah. my god but I still I have yeah. the lyrics to Ice Ice Baby yeah. framed oh yeah I, 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 I think he's hysterically funny. it's my karaoke go to yeah yeah yeah. oh is it really yeah it is oh. yeah you must destroy a karaoke I don't People all like, I do is rap yeah I don't sing I rap <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. We got the opera Broadway musical yeah, guy rapping. That's basically. Oh uh, God, uh, I'm not, sure. I'm sure you do it well. I, it's not great. No. no okay. No. To me, there's Let's nothing funny. I, I love. I tell you, I have some of the whitest friends uh, on the planet. Uh, uh, there's a faction of them, and we will go to a karaoke and to watch like white people rap badly is I seriously I have an asthma attack I'm wheezing so fucking loud <laughs> what I love about this this kind of medium is that nobody knows what I look like so I could actually I could be a, a badass looking dude no but, I'm actually the waspiest looking <laughs> the waspiest looking motherfucker you'll ever meet but um yeah uh, no I thought I had some soul I thought I had some soul I think yeah, yeah it's, 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 a, it's a gift so like so when do you actually think you know what I could maybe do this a little. Where's, where's the, the time that says, I want to do this? Uh, mm. You did a production, or somebody said, Hey, you have a voice. You should come try out for this. When was that first moment for you? Uh, so I was football, basketball, track was what I did. Football in the fall, basketball in the winter, track in the spring. Um, my June. Where were you? Mid Midwest? Indianapolis. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, my sophomore year, my sophomore year in high school. Um, basketball was my life because yeah. Indiana. I mean, it was oh yeah, just my life. So I say, there's a few places in the country where every kid can play basketball: North Carolina, yep. Indiana, yep. Boston, yep. New York. Like I, yeah. I played. I used to shovel the basketball courts off oh, in man. the dead of winter. 
uh, just to shoot like 400 jump shots. You know what? I mean, and we'll take this thing further. <laughs> I used to be out in the in the, the front yard uh, in the on the driveway playing and shooting, and and two things would happen. I would have the soundtrack for the movie Hoosiers playing. Okay, sure. And I would also pretend that I was the first white player to ever play for John Thompson at Georgetown. Wow. That was my, that was my, oh my God, that that's was, awesome. That was my, like, that was my, my world that I lived in. So, uh, my sophomore year though, my, my grandmother passed away and she's in Iowa. So I had to miss a game right. to go to her funeral. <clears throat> and the next week was at the Anderson Wigwam. It's, it's Anderson high school. Uh, and the Wigwam is this famous kind of like dome that they have. Mm. I was so excited to play. Right. And he benched me. Wow. And so I walked in on Monday and I quit. Wow. Because I have a little bit of an attitude problem. <laughs> um, Dude, you're vanilla ice. Yeah, right? <laughs> right. I'm bad to the bone. Uh, yeah. Um, could you dunk when you're playing ball? I could, yeah. Because yeah. wow. I was a 6'6 six, six, six high jumper and stuff like that. Yeah. So oh, I was like, right. Yeah. Oh, so you were that badass white kid that could dunk. Yeah. Yeah. So Basically. I'm like 5'10 and both my brother and I could dunk a soccer ball we could never there you go. that's amazing though but we could get up that's amazing yeah, which is crazy yeah. and it's, you love it when you play and i played inner city so it was like you know i was one of the few white kids actually playing ball so yeah. it's great when you can actually play ball yeah yeah no yeah. it was yeah, yeah. fantastic so my winters were now free my junior right. year and i think my mom was looking for me to do things and they were auditioning for the school musical at high, in high school it was west side story so uh, oh, on a lark i went and auditioned and I'd never done choir, never right. done anything. Right. And ended up getting one of the leads in it. Oh, really? Who were you in? Uh, was Riff. I? Okay, It sure. was usually a dancing role. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm yeah. not a dancer. No. <laughs> um, it, that's why when you said triple threat, I was like, I hope you don't think I'm a dancer because that's, I, I'm a, I can move right. if I'm paid a lot. <laughs> right. And, and you don't look at me much. Right. But um, so I auditioned for that and got it. And then all of a sudden I was like, I was in this group of people who accepted me right away they were excited about me they were they right. they were they were like they thought i was good right and like we were talking about with anything like at that age you're just like you just you flock to it sure and the acceptance thing particularly at that yeah. age where everyone feels alienated right yeah, yeah. and i kind of didn't know where i fit in i mean not that i do yeah. now but because right. I, I, I was definitely with the sports people but i never you know i was never one of those guys who would make fun of of anybody in any group and i i kind of enjoyed everybody for 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 what they brought to it and the cool thing is that once i started doing theater all of my jock friends they all supported me oh that's very cool 100 percent, and they right. still do all of my high school friends oh, still come to new york to see me if i tour through indianapolis we all had a big old dinner and oh, shit, they came man. to see the show like just good people that's that's fucking awesome really so, really I, fortunate i love west side story so how crazy is this connection that um alex gimignani yeah who I, when i so uh i ran into ben at dinner with a good uh someone i know really well who's on the podcast mia vanderwar who's amazing amazing on the podcast people yeah. should listen to it and uh so we had this quick conversation i said and you said you're a broadway actress oh alex gimignani oh i did les mis with alex um, i did les mis and violet with him wow. he's like he's like one of my favorite people yeah. he's one of the most talented hard-working men uh, that I know he's just yeah. and, and you know what his and his dad is very famous in the musical theater world and Alex could definitely 
uh, kind of lay back on that name, but mm. he's just forged his own path in so many different directions. Yeah, he was brilliant in Assassins. Yeah, uh, he's fantastic. Yeah, and so he directed West Side Story to bring it all back. Um, Amazing. And uh, was the musical director. Yeah. Um, I saw it. I, I liked it. There were some things I, I didn't I, get to see it. Yeah, um, it, it was interesting. I thought it was uh, kind of like a, it was, they updated it a little bit. It was out of the too, box. Uh, yeah, a little too... Um, uh, lots of like drop screens and yeah. they actually took out I Feel Pretty which yeah. really kind of pissed me off but well, Alex Eva said that Van it was Hoven. cool yeah. yeah Eva Van Hoven he yeah. know, he's known to kind of yeah. push the envelope but you know Steven Spielberg has a movie of it coming out yeah isn't that crazy yeah right? it's such it's such a great it's, show God, so, that, so did that hook you it hooked doing me that? Yeah. it hooked me and then the next year <laughs> this so never happened now the next year the school was doing The King and I which is set in Siam at oh, the time yeah um <laughs> I'm in Indiana. Let's get that straight, right? So not a whole <laughs> yeah. lot of Asian people in right. my school. Yeah. I play one of the leads again. This, this, I can't find pictures, and thank God I can't. Right. They spray-painted me. Wow. Like I look like an Oompa Loompa. They, yeah. like, and they <laughs> spray-painted my hair black, and oh, it was awful. It oh would never God. work now. It's just yeah, different you, time. Yeah, man. you're lucky they can't find those pictures, oh, man. Oh, my God. Right? It was so it was so great to grow up in the age where everything wasn't recorded because oh, yes yeah because you could really fuck up and it didn't matter <laughs> and there's zero forgiveness yeah, right that's none, the thing about none, this none, kind none. of cancel culture right oh, now I, I don't believe anyone should be tried on something they did when they were 16 17 years old oh my what god no i no, mean or, really or how about when i was even 25 yeah, because yeah, yeah. i got married when i was 25 and that did obviously yeah. didn't work so don't judge me on that <laughs> so so then you uh you go to school do you go to school for musical theater yeah i went for voice to butler university which is a small private school in indianapolis yep. more known for our basketball team actually yeah yeah uh, yeah. yeah so um went there but i only went for two years and I uh, was wasting a lot of my parents' money. Yeah. It's a private school. It's an expensive school. So um, I'm going to have you pour me more yeah, wine. Yeah, we're going to have some more wine. We'll, we'll do this second to do a quick wine break, and we'll talk about the wine, because I usually match the wine to the person. And Fantastic. So we are drinking uh, Paso Pichero Contrada. So it's a crew or a specific vineyard site on Mount Etna, which is still mm. an active volcano. Mm-hmm. So you get incredible volcanic soils that have iron deposits in it. Um, and it, the grape is Norello Moscalese. I so, don't know that one. Yeah, it's, a, it's kind of an obscure grape, but Etna is the... So the wines... I, I picked this because uh, you're a baritone, and you're talking about vibration to me. It's a very powerful wine, mm. but it also has an elegance to it. Yeah, no, so I that's, like it. Uh, that's who I think you are, and that's when I heard you singing... Um, and people should definitely uh, YouTube your your singing because your voice is just spectacular. Oh, thank you. Um, thank but you. Um, so then you go to Butler and and you're like, at what point do you decide I'm just going to go for this? I'm going to be on Broadway. I well, want to be on Broadway. It's like, interesting. Oh, and this is going to be a long story, but it'll get yeah, into fine. my big break too. Great. So cool. we'll, that's, we'll, that's we'll what I want to walk into. Yeah, go we'll yeah, span yeah, into cool. that. So uh, Butler was a fantastic place for me, and I also cheers. Uh, cheers. I also had a, a fantastic voice teacher who took all of my athletic background and used that uh, as, as his way of teaching me voice mm-hmm. because voice is a very athletic endeavor mm-hmm. and singing is an athletic endeavor. And um, so he was fantastic and, and got me ready, but he kind of knew that I wasn't, that the school maybe wasn't for me. But anyway, so I left after two years, was still in Indianapolis. And I ended up working at Prudential Securities as an assistant to a, a financial advisor. And for a while, I was like, well, I'm in Indianapolis. I'm not going to get to New York. What the hell am I doing? I'm going to give this up and, right. and just, you know, do what I need to do. But my mother 
uh, who's a, this is kind of against her nature because she's she was a CPA and then went into real estate after thirty years as an accountant and is just a very practical person. But she kept giving me the the Chicago trade paper for the performing arts. It was called hmm. Performing, and it had all the auditions in it. Right. And we we're three hours from Chicago and in Indy, so they had auditions for Phantom of the Opera, and this was nineteen ninety seven. And so I went up to Chicago and auditioned. It was my first big audition. How old were you? Twenty twenty two. Okay. Um. Hmm. Hmm. I was trying to think of exactly when it was. It was twenty. It was. It was like February of nineteen ninety seven. So uh, then. I get called back for Raul, who's like the romantic interest in that. Okay, right. Um, and then I did that and felt good about it, but didn't hear anything. About four months later, they call back, and the same casting director cast for Les Mis. So they said, can you come to Chicago? We'd love to hear you. So I went up and I auditioned, and they said, well, uh, we'd like to fly you to New York uh, and for the role of Angeros, who's the, the leader of the student rebellion. Right. And I was like, oh, okay. My second time to New York ever. Right. Um, and they, uh, they flew me to New York. I stayed at the Paramount Hotel. I thought you it was feel, hot shit, man. I was going to say, man, you must have been feeling great. That is a hot sexy hotel, shit. too. It is. You know, the funny thing, I, I was able to have a story, though. I went into the lobby bathroom, and at the urinals, they had all these, like, circus mirrors and shit. So, right. standing at the urinal, I'm like, oh, circus mirror. And so, they're like, oh, I went into the audition room, and it's always a little chit-chat beforehand. And they're like, so, how's the, how's the hotel? You having fun? You know, blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah. I was like, except for the bathroom, they have circus mirrors. I said, the least they could have done is like made it like a, a mirror that enlarges everything when you're standing <laughs> at the urinal. <laughs> My penis looked like My, Ernest Borgnine. I was going to say, good God. <laughs> um, so so I, I auditioned for that, that right. the show in New York and, um, and then went home. And I was working at the, the brokerage firm at, and at Prudential and got a call. And they were like, hey. And this is still 1997. They were like, so we didn't test to see how high you can sing. But um, what we're going to do is we're going to put you on the phone with the musical director in New York uh, a half hour before the show. And you'll be on speakerphone. He'll be on speakerphone. He'll play the, the, the kind of the part that he wants to hear you sing. And then we'll see what happens. I love it. It's pre-Zoom. Yeah. I love yeah, it. It was only speakerphone. It. Yeah. So it was a high A. I've never hit, I'd never hit a high A in my life. Right. So I'm like, oh, fuck, 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 fuck. So I leave work right away. I go home, and I'm like trying to squeal out this note. The good thing is because it's no video, no FaceTime, no nothing. Right. The face I made, I could yeah. have done. I could have had someone else sing it. <laughs> it could have like I had a, my balls in a vice, yeah. like anything I needed to do to sing this That's high so note. Good. But uh, I sang it twice, and he said, okay, thanks. And two days later, they called me, and they said, okay, we'd like to have you join the tour of Les Mis out in Vancouver in two weeks. Holy shit, man. So I'm 22 years old, had never really done anything big in theater, and I, I say this, and it's crass, but I have a horseshoe up my ass, John. It's like <laughs> I, I find myself in these positions right. um, where I'm just incredibly fortunate. Right. And I have always been surrounded by amazing people who usher me through and then kind of help me along right. and are patient as hell. Um, but I, I've, yeah, it's been a dream. So tell me what it was like trying to hit that eight night after night. Did you, your voice kind of, did your voice kind of get trained to it or it, did it you? Does. Yeah. And, yeah. It, but I went, I did go through a, a period of time where like for two or three weeks where I just couldn't do it. 
hmm. and then it gets in your head and you're you're it's sure. a mind fuck and my one good friend the problem is too it's it was at the beginning of the barricade and i'm all the way at the top of the barricade right. spotlight on me everybody in the cast is faced upstage looking up at me right and i would biff that note every single yeah. time and my asshole friend Stephen Bishop would judge me on it every day. He, if I'd hit it, he'd go like that. He'd look that, look up. If I didn't, he'd put his thumbs down, or he'd go mezzo mezzo. <laughs> so he would just rub it in, and eventually so I got good. over it. But that's that's the thing about the voice is that it's it's so emotional. It, it's it's really the most emotional instrument, obviously, yeah. that you can have. And, and the second you get in your head about it, you're screwed. And also, it's very much like a you know it's. Everything can affect it. How tired you are, how much alcohol you drink, Good did God. you sleep? Um, it's so temperamental. Your life, I, your stress I, in life. Yeah, everything. I, I just had Haksu Kim on, who's an opera singer, yeah. and he's a psalm, and uh, he said um, he's very used to being in COVID because it was very much like doing opera. Yeah, that you don't want to be around anyone. You work out. You take care of yourself. You mm-hmm. don't really drink. And you go to bed every night, you want a good night's sleep because you are confronted with this series of notes that are just mind-bendingly, like, send you into a panic attack. Yeah, well, you know, and on Broadway, it's eight shows a week, six days a week. Yeah. And you wake up, and the first thing you, the, the first thing you do in the morning is you check your voice. Right. You just go, hmm, hmm, and see if it's there. Right. And then you stress the fuck out the rest of the day to right. make sure it's done. When you're young, you don't care. I mean, yeah. you're, it's just there. Yeah, but you, you when can you, do shots of tequila and like smoke joints and you're, you maybe can get away with it. Yeah. 22, you're kind of bulletproof. Exactly. Yeah. But then when you know, you know, I'm 45 now and that shit don't happen no more. <laughs> um, so, uh, you're the sage you, now. You're, yeah, yeah. It's just like, oh my God, give me water. I need yeah. water, steam, steam. But, uh, yeah, it's just a lot more delicate now. So was that, that was your first big break. Yeah, that was my first big break. So I was going to ask you the first paycheck. Yeah. That was your first paycheck. Yeah, it was my first like showbiz paycheck. And you're like, wow. I remember the first time I got paid to, uh, believe me, it was barely paid, but I did a, a comedy set up at Dune Road in New York City. Yeah, you'll never and, forget that. Um, and a guy, Pete Spellos, I won't forget because he, he gave me the break. I went and auditioned and I f- just moved to New York and um, somebody said you should go up to Dune Road. They're doing like, they you know, audition comics. So I went, all right, I'll go up. I went up. Um, I did like, eight minutes and um and i was gonna leave because i was surrounded by other comics who did danger fields in the comic strip and i was i did a little bit in la i was coming to new york to do it and i'm like i was like fuck it i'm gonna leave i give that moment of cowardice when anyone's about to get on stage i say like the three seconds before most people go i'm out of here fuck this i can't do it what the fuck am i doing here moment i I stuck at that yeah and i stood there for a second i thought no you know what i owe this guy pete spellos the very minimum of doing an audition because yeah. he picked me out to do it. Absolutely. So I did it, and then same thing. He's like, "Hey, the, the cra- here's the crazy shit." He saw, says to me, "Great, you got it. Um, can you do next Friday?" I'm like, "Great." I had about eight or nine minutes solid. That's it. <laughs> so I, t- my girlfriend at the time, I go in and I have dinner with her the following night, and I'm having dinner with her because I want to check out the club. But I literally have to build another 10, 15 minutes of of a, of a set, right? Because he booked four I don't comics. Know how you guys do that shit? Four comics 30 minutes each i was like fuck so i want to see the room so i had dinner and he comes up to me and goes hey john um i need you to do me a really really big favor i'm like sure what do you need he's like more than the comics canceled i need you to jump in and do 30 minutes i had like uh-huh. nine minutes tops i was shitting my pants i'm like what he's like i'm sorry could you do it i'm like 
He goes, I have no other person to do it. Cajones, like, okay. man. Cajones. I said, I'll do it. I go, how much time do I have? He's, you, you go on in like one hour. I'm oh, like, okay. Shit. I just immediately started grabbing cocktail napkins. Ye- or cocktails. My, or cocktails. Co- <laughs> and, yes, cocktails and cocktail and writing material down and then writing shit on my hands so I could pretend wow. like I'm, you know, like wiping my forehead as I'm oh staring my at my God. next set. And I, you know, I pulled it off. Not, but he was so grateful. Yeah, Because I, I did deliver enough. Um, there was somebody up there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, um, and I remember right before I went on, I was shitting my pants. Yeah. And he came over to me and he goes, hey, John. He goes, um, why did you get into this? And I'm like, what do you mean? He goes, you look nervous. Why did you get into this? I said, okay, that's fun. I, I love this stuff. He goes, right. Yeah. So bring it. Yeah. Bring the love. Bring yeah, the, bring the joy the to it. And that's I'm just like, thing. and he did. I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to milk can, it. The more you can, the less you can make it about yourself, the better it always is. Yeah. That's what I find at yeah. least. Like if I can, if I can take the pressure off myself and just be yeah you know. so that was a $20 bill he gave me that night but wow. still I will never ever forget yeah. like dude, I can't believe I just got paid 20 bucks to stand on right? stage and tell stories and tell That's, jokes right I was I, you know it's so funny in Les Mis I remember I was uh, I was <laughs> In the in the barricade scene, for those who don't know, we have like this big battle, and we're all facing upstage, which is away from the audience. If you mm-hmm. don't know theater, yeah, and uh, we all have rifles, and we're we're firing on the enemy, mm-hmm. and you know, obviously, after a while, you start going. Pow, 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 pow. Yeah. <laughs> I remember there being a time when I'm like going. Pow, 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 pow. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, I'm. 23 or 24 at the time getting paid good money to go <laughs> faking, firing fake guns like you used to do when you were five that's exactly it that's right yeah and i when i did spam a lot it was the same thing i was like i was that was a hard show and you work your ass off but that's I was a tough like, one right it, it really is oh. you're just always moving and, and it's fun but you're working your ass off but it's also our number one job is to try to make each other laugh on sure. stage. So I was going to tell you, like, so I, I mentioned this to Alex. I go, there's got to be hijinks when a show just goes as you know, and you're on your like, you know, 60th performance. Yeah. What? How do you fuck with each other? And he said like somebody would put something in somebody's pocket when they yeah. reached in or yeah. like. And it uh, depends on what yeah. kind of show yeah. it is and, and who and you're with. Because yeah. yeah. some people you just know not to mess with. And no, he said the same. But, yeah. But exactly. what was the funniest thing you've ever done or had done to you? Oh. <laughs> See, I'm not good at that because, like, I'm, I'm always scared somebody's going to do something back at me and fuck you up. With, yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. They used your... to they used to pass around M and M's on the barricade. That was one thing that they used to always <laughs> that's do. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Uh, it's such a great show. It, I love Les Mis. It's just uh, the story of just redemption is something we all, I think, you know, love in our heart. Yeah. That somebody we're all, we're all going to make our mistakes yeah. and. There's redemption. There's that that great scene where um, oh, he and the bishop, and yeah. I mean, there's so many, and the yeah. music is so perfectly uh, situated for it. It's just, it's long as fuck. And when you're in it for, I was in it for four and a half years. So holy shit, yeah, it's like a three hour show. So wow. it was it was a lot of my life. So how do you segue into uh, television off this? Does somebody do you are your agent just sending you because you want Thirty Rock? Yeah. Um, what was that like? It uh, was very quick and very fun yeah. and very chill i mean it was just it was a blast yeah and it's all you know i didn't get started because i came at this whole thing with a voice the voice was always kind of what it was and so i had no acting experience and stuff like that so it took me a while to kind of find that or to feel comfortable and i'm still feeling that you it it just because it's on the and everything is theatrical when you're on stage it's larger than life and television is exactly the opposite it's more subtlety it's also just the how it's set up like you have an audience that's a ways away from you and you feel them right away and you feel that energy and in mm-hmm. TV it's very different and and so and the audition process is incredibly different 
And so there are just many things that are about it that are are uh, frightening yeah. when you're when you're first starting out. And then sure. you know now I the same way when I started auditioning for theater I was you know scared shitless. And now I go in and I'm like hey what's up what's up what's up what do you want me to sing exactly? Yeah. And you know people and everything. Right. And so finding your way into a different uh, avenue is 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 always scary and, and it takes a while to to get. Used do you to like it. it? I love it. Yeah, I television. It. If you had one. If you're going to take one, uh, would you do theater? Would you do television? Would you do? I would do TV because TV open, TV film. Film actually was my favorite thing. Oh. If I'm, if I'm to be honest, yeah, that's great. Because I love working on different projects, and so you'd work on this one project for five months, six months, seven months, and then you're done, and then you have something completely different. And that's my goal right now is to know that I have like two months of work, three months of work, and then I have a month off, and then I have another four months of work after that, and then another two months. So that in between those gigs, I can piss off and, you know, go Travel. live. Yeah. Go, go live to, in a different country. Uh, or, how, I mean, not right how, now. But. How goddamn landlocked are we all feeling? Yeah, Do you know how many trips got canceled for me this year? I was yeah. supposed to be in Liguria and Piedmont and Washington State, and like, instead I'm locked in in Brooklyn, and I'm like, man, I can't wait to get out of here. Uh, no, just, well, I told you I'm going to California next no. week just to do a little road trip up and down the coast it's, I can't wait yeah um, I love uh, the coast uh, along like Carmel yes. and uh, Big Sur yeah I'm going to Nepenthe which is one of my oh. favorite places Boy, yeah, Nepenthe has one of the best wine lists they do ever I know right I mean champagne everything so oh, I was no. there like I'm going to be by myself two, so two I'm years like, I can't ago. do a whole bottle <laughs> I could, two years ago I was there and uh, the list was so great like I, I literally like I'm looking around the room like, wait, wait, wait. I have to talk to somebody. I'm right. like, Excuse me. who put this together? Oh, this guy, Angus. I can't forget that name. Uh, is Angus here? Yeah, he said, could he come over here and sit down and talk to me? I mean, they had like old Alsace, like Domaine Weinbach, Gouvet Catherine going back to 2000 vintage. Kill a champagne, like all grower champagne. I'm like, uh, wait, wait, wait. How is it possible? Yeah. And he's like, yeah, the owner loves wine and champagne. They do champagne classes. And it's like, as you know, that is, um, it's kind of. And it's kinda, a if any, anybody, anybody who's yeah. listening, if you haven't been. Oh do my it. God, yes. Do it. Oh, God. I've been on the coast of the North Atlantic coast of, of Spain and yeah. uh, in, in Italy and France. And, like, I have to tell you that the coast in Northern California is stunning. It's unreal. It is so fucking beautiful. It's unreal. I can't wait. Um, I cannot wait. I bought a drone, so I'm going to, like. Oh, good for yeah, you, man. Yeah, I'm excited about uh, that. I have a buddy who edits all that stuff if you need somebody. But uh, so you're going to go there just to chill out. Just chilling, man. Yeah. It's been a year for many reasons. Obviously, professionally, my profession, I mean, I've been, uh, theater has been done since March, and it's not going to start up again. When On Broadway, think? at least, till next fall. I may have, <sighs> I've got some summer gigs. I'm supposed to do a symphony gig with uh, Philly Pops in April. Mm, that's yeah. that's you know going to be a What's funny, I heard that uh, there's only one active theater in the country. And I believe it's in Tanglewood or like the Berkshires. That Barrington, area? yeah, yeah, Barrington, yeah. and they're doing yeah. Jesus Christ Superstar. They did, uh, yeah, they did. Right? Uh, it wasn't Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh, it was, oh, it. oh freaking hell, it's a Stephen Schwartz musical. And why am I not? Yeah. I can't think of it now. I'll think of it. Hold on, a Godspell. Godspell, yes. Um, All right, same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I same, was thinking same that. story. Same. Um, <laughs> I was because you you were in Jesus Christ Superstar. Yes, I was. You played Pontius Pilot. Pilot. Yes. Yeah, that's a good role. Badass. That was I a thought, badass yeah. show, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's the yeah. That's only, the only theater company. Theater company yeah. with the production. And yeah. so, what what are you looking at? Like six months down the line for job? Uh, do people call you to do like? I did a I did a, I did a Zoom concert for yeah. a woman's parents 60th wedding anniversary i mean it's just hodgepodge yeah it's like and, and now the tv stuff is kind of picking up and i'm afraid that's gonna get ixnade here soon yeah um so 
I'm just trying not to stress the fuck out about it, I to be you. honest. I and mean, I, we all, you know, we're in that boat. Yeah. And yeah. I'm trying to think about other things I want to do. And we were talking about this before. And the only thing I would, I know I would like to do is something in communications or something where I'm out in front and, and, uh, spokesperson for a company. Cause I feel good in interviews. I'm good, right. you know, with that and creating a brand and a presence and stuff like that. But I'm like, come on, I'm 45 years old. I've been yeah. in theater for 22 years. Yeah. Are there roles you're coveting? Like if I could mm. do one role on Broadway before I leave, mm. what role would that be? I mean, I'm, I was supposed to do this summer at this 12,000 seat amphitheater in St. Louis, uh, Sweeney Todd. And, oh. But they pushed it to next year, so hopefully I'll still be able to do it. And it'd be the Demon Barber of Fleet yeah. Street. Yeah. It's such a badass wow. role. It's that is, such a badass that, role. So that's oh. the one you do. If I could yeah. do this, I'm golden, done. Golden. Okay. I mean, I've even thought, like, I did, I actually applied for some jobs at Google and, and Apple. And, again, my qualifications are not going to be. Right. I just have been in my world. But I know, I know that my, I know my skills are applicable in that world yeah in in many ways as you know in many ways but you know it's hard it's yeah. just hard I look everyone's trying to reinvent themselves god uh and um i'm going to get to my one quick pet peeve um, and i'm going to say thank you for not using the word pivot um because i'm going to punch somebody in the soft i guess next time they use that word in front of me <laughs> it's like fuck you yeah. i hate you no stop yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, but we were talking about this because you're a performer. My friend uh, Sabra Lewis, who is a, a wine, she's a song. Yeah, I know Sabra, yeah. Yeah, so Sabra yeah. was in Spam yeah. a lot with me. Oh, fuck. Years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, there are a lot of wine people who, that, that's how I got to be friends with all these people. I was going to say, like, how, so you, you know John Bonet, which is uh, he's yeah. a written, I was saying the definitive guide on California wines, a new California, basically, yeah. right? So John uh, and I met because... Uh, when I got divorced seven years ago in 2013, I found the world of uh, online dating. Mm. Oh. And I started d- dating and, and I ended up with all of these chefs or chef adjacent or, you know, right. people in food and wine. So obviously your descriptors are you love food, you love wine, I love traveling, you love... Right? That. They're all similar. Well, but right. also our... And you know this because you yeah. came from this world too. Right. Our industries are incredibly correlative. Mm-hmm. Um and so I, I met this Agreed. gal named Kate Telethon, who's, uh, she was a chef at Mission Chinese. Oh, yeah. And um, she, we were having a birthday party, and she invited me and my, my now ex-girlfriend, and we went, and John was there. And I just found him endlessly fascinating, and I didn't know about wine at that right. time uh, much at all. Uh, but he was so interested and interesting. And that's what I love about him the most. He's just a very curious individual mm-hmm. about everything and, right. and has a, a great breadth of knowledge. That's the life. It the is. Life. That's, that's the bloodline to everyone's life is you need to stay curious. Yeah, um, man. So then, so now you become John, and John is like walking you through some of the great wines that he gets a taste because he's tasting shit even that I'm probably envious of. So. Yeah, his, right. his breadth of knowledge of wine is... Yeah. It's extraordinary. Right. And then he introduced me to people like Mia Vanderwater and Luke Boland. Well, no, actually, I introduced yeah. him to Luke. Okay. And, um, and all of these amazing wine people uh, who are not snobby about it either. That's yeah. the best part about it. It's very, it's very egalitarian. It's very just like, yeah, it's good. Drink this shit. It doesn't yeah. matter how much it costs. It's yeah. like, 
It, it's fun. It's wine for the people. I wish theater could go. Uh, uh, I talked about this with a few people. I wish we could somehow make theater more affordable people because for for people because I think it is. Um, uh, it's great storytelling. Yep. Music, as we said, is vibrant. It moves your your mind, your body, your soul. Um, and uh, that should be the next uh, thing we should try to figure out. You know what? Yeah. There are ways. There are always ways of getting discounted tickets. Right. There, unless it's like the Hamiltons or right. or stuff like right. that. But even Hamilton has done a really, really great job of of uh, kind of bringing in schools. Right. And, and, yeah, they did absolutely. And I, I think that's what it's going to take is these producers recognizing that you're not only doing a service that is maybe tax deductible or whatever, sure. but you're also building audiences for the future, and that there's value in that. Here's my hope that when we get through this, like commercial rents in New York, I hope they crash. Well, they are crashing. Yeah. Sorry, I don't hope they crash. They are. They're crashing. That it now is a lifeline for young chefs and yeah. business people yeah. and entrepreneurs to come back to New York and make God, it so the sad, vibrancy man. is. And then maybe Broadway has the same thing. You know what? Maybe we shouldn't do fucking spongebob square pants on broadway and let's find real legit theater again and yeah. try to make it more affordable because they've suffered long and hard as well yeah um and i, I want broadway to come back because when people say new york is dying um, it's never gonna be, i say get fuck the fuck them. i said are you look this city i walk down atlantic avenue and it's 30 degrees and the wind is blowing and every seat out of outside of a bar long island college bar or you know uh, restaurants are packed and it's 30 degrees and people are drinking because New Yorkers are different. Yeah. They just have a different like mentality well, well, of like we what, don't man, give up. We're the, we're going to come out of this. Yeah. We are going to come out of this within the next six or seven months. Yes, and, and maybe sooner. Yeah. By the way, quickly, yeah. uh, um, the UK just appro- approved the uh, Pfizer vaccine, mm-hmm. which I'm so happy about yep. in, in, in in a very weird way because like if there's anything that goes wrong. <laughs> they're the test group and yeah. like and I'm sure some Brits are hoping side effect would be like we get good teeth and <laughs> better food and, and yeah no, they, food they actually and, the yeah. food's gotten yeah, much yeah. better no I know it's, it's true but, um, no it's it's um, but I do hope that there's kind of a, a, a rebirth but you're right I mean and also all of the restaurants now have this outdoor seating that's fucking yeah. fantastic yeah, and that's gonna stay yeah. and but I, I really because I do have friends in the food and wine industry now uh, I mean, my industry is even worse than theirs right now, yeah. but I, I feel for them because they, they live and die and they, and they, they bleed for this business. And they, they, they do. It's really hard to watch. I have lots of unemployed friends uh, who aren't part of a restaurants group that are holding and they're holding on for unemployment. Um, and I, I can't help but think of like even the arts, like um, in Europe, how they subsidize yeah. 5,000 yeah. euros a month yeah. for artists who and artists who aren't showing like there's so much money I was making. Mm-hmm. They're like, you're an artist. You made some money. Here's 5,000 euros. Let's get through this it. together. Um, it's a shame we don't value it. We it's, don't it's, value it's it. It's really horrible. I was, uh, uh, I look, I, I read Fox News right. every day right. because I feel like I need to. I feel sure. like it, it, it's their playbook. Yeah. Well, and also like right. I can't just live in a freaking vacuum. Yeah. And, yeah. and there was something about how Fauci said that he sees Broadway theaters being able to be full in the fall again. And I read and did the thing nobody should do is I went and read the comments underneath oh, it. Oh, fuck. Yeah. And uh, everybody's like, fucking Broadway. We don't need that shit. What, <laughs> yeah. that, what the fuck does that matter to me? Yeah. I'm like, it's these people that have no idea. Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't, I can't blame them totally because it's just ignorance. Sure. They've no. never seen one. They've yeah. never, you yeah. take to somebody, if you take somebody to the right thing, it's like opera. Opera yeah. can be shit. Yeah. But if you take somebody to the right opera and the right performance of that opera, mm-hmm. They can't help but to be moved. Yeah. 
and and you know, you'll sit next to them and they start tearing up. Yeah, it because um, it, it, again, it just it, I, it I doesn't go through your head; it goes right to your heart. One of the best things I saw on Broadway, um, which is a, a play, it was Bruce Springsteen just oh, playing yeah. his guitar right? and walking to a piano and telling stories it's about theater, going to man. New Jersey. It's theater. And, the whole row of people, myself included, were, were teary. Well, you um, don't because in, you don't so get to gorgeous. see people that yeah. close up, like those yeah. people like him. You don't get to yeah. see them so close up. Yeah. I, I think uh, that's what's great about theater. Great theater to me is like seeing a comet. Yeah. It changes night to night, and if you're there some nights, it is just brilliant. And it's communal. Yeah, it's communal. It's something right. that we experience together, right. and people are like, oh, people aren't going to want theater now. They've gotten used to it. I'm like, no, right. no, no, man. You don't right. understand. We've all been so isolated. Right. I think that we're going we're gonna to need to feel humanity again. And anytime I go to the theater or the symphony, symphony especially right. for some reason, yeah. I come out of it and I feel humanized again. Yeah, you feel light. Yeah, right. you have it. You go into this place where there are a thousand, two thousand people, and you experience something together, and you all experience it differently because of what you bring into it and what you're taking away. But it's still together, and to me, yeah. that's such a galvanizing thing. Sure. Or, or you collectively grieve if you're watching Death of a Salesman. And Brian yeah. Dennehy, this larger-than-life man, breaks down right. at the end of Death of a Salesman. And the entire audience is heaving and, oh. and, and sobbing. Yeah. For different reasons, experience. too. Yeah, of course, different yeah. reasons. But it's so beautiful, yeah. right? Um, we're at the part of the show. It gets cool. So <laughs> um, I would say, like, let's, let's say this is the, your last moment. Um, we'll build something dramatic on stage. I want to talk about doing COVID the musical, but I'm going to leave it go. Oh, God. I'm so fucking tired of doing COVID jokes. Yeah. Um, but if, if it's your last day on the planet... And you could build something about to leave. Um, what what would it be? You could be on stage if you want. No, it would be it would be. We were talking. I've a, I've a. I'm really fortunate to have a, a large terrace in my apartment, and I have a big table and I have a grill, and it would just be to have my my closest friends there right. and to drink really good wine, and to have barbecue. Okay. And to watch the sunset. Oh. And we've had dance parties that last till, you know, two in the morning. Sure. Where we're just passing the phone around and playing DJ. <laughs> and, I love uh, it. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so if you if you're going to, the, now it's the last seconds of your life, you're going to pass out from whatever reason, or you're going to fall off that beautiful terrace. What piece of music is in your mind as you are spiraling down, ass over tea kettle, off the deck? What piece of music mm-hmm. that makes you smile and say, goodbye, world? Oh man, it's a tough one. There are a couple. There's one. That <laughs> this this came to mind because this has been the song of my. It was the song of my childhood. Oh, I like where this is going. All right, hot blooded. Oh wow, Do you remember that song? Hot blooded. Check, check it and see. Yeah, yeah. Got a fever. <laughs> Hell yes, yes. I fucking love that song okay. so much. <laughs> um, Look, if that's making you smile is before that the you knack? hit the is pavement, it, no, no. The knack is my Sharona. Yeah, that was another yeah, one yeah, from yeah. My, my childhood. Uh, um, hot blooded. I thought it was like Rod Stewart or somebody like yeah, that. It's not. It's, no, I, we, I can bring my phone out, but okay. but check it out, folks. Okay. Hot blooded. Right. It's a fantastic song. Uh, um, I think that would be it. Okay. Hey, Ben, man. I have to say. It was so crazy that we even met for a brief moment in Cross Paths. So crazy that we know Alex and... Uh, and uh, Mia and, and everybody. Mia yeah, and, it's crazy. Um, and uh, our love of wine and food and everything. And I, I want to say thank you for being on DOTJ Podcast. This was so much fun. Such a pleasure, man. Uh, Such cool, a man. pleasure. All right, thanks for being on. Thank you. Bye. Thanks again for listening. 
Don't forget to check us out at dotjpodcast.com. Until then, I'll see you at the bar.